This is the Pro Audio Suite Podcast. Quick Bites. Welcome to another Pro Audio Suite Quick Bite. Thanks to Harlan Hogan's VoiceOver Essentials, the home of the Porterbooth Pro and Rode Microphones. Speaking of microphones, um, there's been a lot of talk, a lot of talk, in fact, about the SM7, SM7B, probably inspired by all the podcasts that are being done. And of course, who could forget the movie from Metallica? Um, now we're joined again with uh, Des DeKeen, and I know Des, you are, excuse pun, DeKeen on the SM7. <laughs> Thank you, Andrew. Um, I don't sleep with one in, uh, under my pillow, but uh... <laughs> <laughs> it's not what I've heard. <laughs> I know. Look, I've been a long time, a long time lover of the Shure SM7, and. Uh, introduced those into the radio network here in Australia, which I was responsible for, the Austereo network. Um, and I'm proud to say that uh, there was a bit of copycat going on around the industry with others uh, also adopting the, the, the microphone. There was, uh, I, I guess the other one that dominated in those uh, in that period of time was the RE20, uh, the EV, um, which I wasn't such a fan of because I didn't think it had the warmth of the sound that the SM7 had. So uh, I really wanted that uh, that nice personal warm sound. Yeah, because that RE20 has a design that's designed to kind of counteract proximity effect, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So you can't really work it. You know, yes, you just kind of get it. in front of it and talk. It doesn't really yeah, let yeah. you do that. It was a term years ago. They used to call it mugging the microphone, where you would get right onto the mic, but and you get the bottom, you get the the, the bottom end tip up. Yeah, which was right. uh, we said yeah. eating the mic, <laughs> so, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. swallowing it. In fact, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yes. yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think the other thing about the uh, SM7 or SM7B, which I thought would have been part of your reasoning for putting them in radio studios, is that. Most people that work in radio stations, particularly jocks, have no care whatsoever about the gear. Like this taking care true. of it, being yeah. thoughtful yeah. of how they That's use it. Is that what you mean? Chucking <laughs> stuff around and, you know, <laughs> right. you know that kind of thing. Yeah. Was that was that part yeah. of the consideration? Uh, not not really, um, but it probably was uh, a side benefit, if you like, because mm. they are a, a good, solidly built uh, microphone with the only... The only problem being, uh, yeah, the, uh, the the foam uh, wind cover has a windsock has a finite life and needs to be replaced occasionally. But um, yeah, that aside, they were really good. I reckon I had some uh, cases of cigarette burns. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say that. Yes. <laughs> sure, it was cigarettes, Des. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, as well. <laughs> now, do you use them with the the big muff or the smaller muff? I think they have two different windscreens, right? Yeah, no, we always just used the smaller one, the uh, the, the standard issue one. Yeah, and um, we had uh, we had in some cases, particularly uh, in uh, pork only studios, we would switch in the little presence peak, which uh, just kind of gave that little bit of extra lift um, uh, to the voice quality. Yeah, so we used that sometimes, and that was a. A nice little uh, feature to have. We have uh, we have a bit of a contingent of podcast listeners who, or podcast producers and recorders who tune into our show. That presence lift is sort of a it plays with the top end, doesn't it? If you were if you were in a home situation where maybe your acoustics weren't so good, would you still switch that in, 
or would you leave that alone? Um, you would have to try it. I think yeah. uh, there's so many variables in that uh, in that situation. Uh, I think it's uh, just a matter of of trying it. Uh, the lift is really in the uh, in, in the, the, the voice frequency range, mm. so it's it's ideal to uh, to lift the cut through, if you like, of, mm. uh, of voice if it's if it's necessary. It, you probably wouldn't use it on a female voice. You'd use be more inclined to use it on a male voice. Voice, yeah. I'd suggest. Yeah, yeah. They also have a built-in pop card, which I don't know how good your memory is, Des, but um, I managed to uh, pop that microphone on air one night, and some guy called you the next day and complained because I blew his. <laughs> The driver in his Wharfdale speaker. Ooh. Oh, yes, <laughs> yeah. Do you remember that, Des? I do, yes. Uh, yeah, he was a guy living in the hills here, yeah. And, uh, yes, he... Uh, I had completely forgotten that, I've got to say. But what the yeah, hell did... You, can, can I just, as a side note here, how the hell did you pop an SM7? With obviously, with, well, you'd with like, you must have been like you must have been halfway down your gob. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, no, that's not true because then you couldn't have popped. But geez, <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, the uh, the the guy must have been running a hell of a base boost yeah. system. Yeah, <laughs> I tell you really what, for sure. I mean, wow. Yeah, I mean, we had um, tri-band uh, processing. Um, uh, went to Optimods in, in later days as the uh, on-air processing, and uh, I, I do pride myself on being a bit of a whiz in setting up an Optimod. I could get it cleaner and louder than uh, anyone else on the band. Um, that was that was yet another another game we used to play. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we, uh, yeah. I, I, get the make it louder. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, yeah. I was actually having this conversation with AP last night. Here's a question for you: When I went. I, I went to Newcastle to 2NX as they were going from the AM band to the FM band. And yeah. and we were setting up the the FM transmitter. And long story short, we had, you know, me in my car, the boss, uh, who, the owner of the station was in his car. We had a couple of the jocks at home listening on home stereos, all sort of fe- giving feedback on, you know, what they thought it sounded like. Um, so we could dial in the Optimod, and it always always occurred to me, even back in those days, we're talking early '90s, that it was a pretty haphazard way of doing it. How, how do you do it? How, what are you listening on? How do you dial it in? Good question. I, I'm listening. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, well, it leads me into a little story, uh, if I if I could indulge for a moment. Um, Absolutely. So our station in uh, yeah, the Osterio station in Brisbane uh, initially was uh, 4BK, an AM station, and that was converting to FM to become B105, the uh, existing only commercial FM station in the market was 4MMM. So we were about to, uh, it was a few nights before we, we were going to air, um, I wanted to, to set up the processing. So uh, I had uh, a guy in the record library. Um, I had a, I had a runner, and I had myself in the control room, and we tuned in to Triple M uh, on our control room receiver. Listened to that. Whatever song they played, we dashed in. Uh, so this is this is pre uh, uh, um, uh, audio storage systems. 
whatever song they played, we grabbed it from the library and started playing it and I would start adjusting the processing to get the sound to match theirs. And I'm switching between our B105 test transmission and, and Triple M um, playing the, playing the, the, we were playing the same song as they were. So uh, after it took me a couple of hours and I got the first night I got a sounding the same as them. You couldn't tell the difference when I switched from one to the other. And the second night uh, we did the same process again and I got us louder and cleaner than them. Mm. Um, it's, a, it, it's, a long, it's a long process and uh, the, the golden rule is adjust a little bit and listen a lot um, mm. because you've got so many things to deal with. You've got uh, music, which is pre-processed. You've got a live announcer, uh, which is raw audio. You've got um, a male announcer, female announcer. Uh, you've got commercials that are um, processed. Um, so you've got to listen across a plethora of things before you can really, uh, really get it right. And the other aspect is, uh, as you, as you uh, rightly asked, uh, Robert, what, what do you listen on? Well, um, you listen on a variety of things. Uh, certainly, uh, I started out with a control room monitoring speakers, which are good wide range. They were uh, Hanoi uh, 8s, I think they were, in that control room. Um, and then, then you start listening on a, a couple of... Uh, radios um, where you could easily switch between the two stations. Um, so that, that was all, all part of it. Uh, you establish a bit of a setup procedure, if you like, or a snapshot of what, what sounds fairly right, and it, uh, in a sense, becomes a bit of a signature of the station. Um, so I, I did have that down pretty well, what was the stereo sound, um, if, if you like. Um, and yes, it's just a uh, it's, it's just a, a, an arduous process. But that was the that was the process I went through on that occasion, which I was very lucky to have that opportunity with two stations on air. So you're you're listening to the, the transmitted signal of the opposition, and you can tune to to match that uh, as I did in the first the first session, and in the second session, uh, mm. I improved on it by getting us louder and cleaner. Mm. So mm. how does maybe you get totally up? Oh, sorry. Sorry, Andrew. Compression. Oh, compression, you get louder with compression, is mm -hmm. that correct? Yes, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Sorry, George. Yeah. The, uh, the art with compression, uh, however, is to compress but don't sound compressed. Yes. Um, <laughs> yes, you don't, want, you don't want to suck up, you know, and uh, when a jock pauses, you don't want to, in any of those terrible side effects, dragging up breath noises and, uh, and so on. Um, so, uh, and gating, uh, of course, uh, which was part of the Optimod equipment. Uh, but again, you know, there, it's a box full of variables, you know. Uh, so you've you've got to you've got to get the, the variables right. That, they've got some presets in there which you can you can dial up rock music and and go with that. But they're they're pretty bland. Um, you can you can get a, a, a much hotter sound if you uh, know what you're doing and take the time to work through. Getting it right. Mm. Um, so, so when you say taking your time and doing it right, it takes days, maybe weeks. This is obviously happening. You know, the station is on the air, so you're you're essentially doing all your experiments. You know, live. Yeah, in a right? live situation. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, you can't go too far with any one setting and go go no. go <laughs> off the rails because this is this is really really yeah. live, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and you shouldn't need to, George. Really, if you if you're on air, making huge changes, and you haven't done your base work. That's right. Really, you know, um, 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, I'm talking about just nuances here, you know, and uh, it's just a little trim here, a little bit there. Okay, so I've I've tightened up the, uh, the the top end a little bit, so now I can maybe bring the overall level up just a little bit more, just a smidge. And well, would you uh, practice uh, with an optimizer? Did you have an optimizer in, in in your own personal control room so you could really kind of learn that thing? <laughs> just got one in his car. Well, I know they're, like 10, they're, they're quite expensive boxes. But, uh. They are. No, no, I, no, I didn't. It was just uh, um, having uh, because we were doing some conversions from AM to FM, so you had a test transmission period running uh, on air. Ah. Uh, so that that was the that was the learning ground, really. You know. Um, gotcha. Yeah. So. It's interesting. My my son uh, is chief engineer for a network of regional stations here in South Australia, and they're just. Uh, he's currently, uh, as we speak, he's uh, up in the Riverland installing FM transmitters there for 5RM at Renmark to go over to uh, to FM uh, uh, later this year, uh, and uh, he's also been doing other country towns around South Australia. So. Uh, We'll have a bit of a chat about uh, about that because in some markets there's a competitive signal there. So I'll have a bit of a chat with him about their processing. And do you get any phone calls, Des, in the middle of the night? Hey, Dad, how do I do this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, here's a funny story. Talking uh, about hand-me-down equipment. So I was um, senior technician at Five Ka here, and they had some very old transmitters made by um, RCA. No, they weren't, sorry, it's, uh, they were STC transmitters. Um, and they uh, they later, when they upgraded the transmitters here in uh, in Adelaide, they shipped the uh, the other ones up to the country towns, go forward uh, 35 years, and uh, my son Shane is looking after these same stations and he's got the same transmitter. <laughs> and, and well, I told him over the phone how to tune it up. There you go. <laughs> yeah. There but there's go. another story, I think, with uh, with Shane because um, what wasn't he part of? Didn't he go into the SAFM when that was being demolished on Green Hill Road? He did, yes. And that yes. was the station you built, and then oh, your son's oh, in there as it comes down. Oh, no, yes, yeah. So he was part of the technology team here, and they uh, uh, because they had to clear the building out. They were all set up and on air from the new building. Uh, so Shane was sent over to um, to manage the. Demolition and cleanup. So he pulled my control room to bits and my studios. <laughs> well, I was downstairs at Triple M when we moved in there. So my old production studio that, well, I had a hand in building. When right. I say had a hand in, I was the production manager there. So we were yes. making decisions and stuff. He would have torn that down too then. He did, yes. Yeah. Wow, what a great room that was. Massive big booth downstairs. I don't know if you remember, Des, at Triple M in I Adelaide do, there I on do. Green Hill Road. Yes. Huge big yes, booth. I used to love it. There yeah. Yeah. Hey, uh, one or two quick questions if, before we end this episode. I know we started out talking about mics, but now, you've, <laughs> <laughs> now we've got into this tangent. You've got me sure. fascinated. I, um, the, 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 the first question is about digital radio, and, and this is something that always has me scratching my head, and, and maybe you can or can't answer this. But we went to digital radio in this whole thing of, you know, sounds better, all the rest of it, almost a sort of mirror image of what happened when FM started. But when you go into stores or whatever and you look to buy an FM receiver, it's this plastic cased one speaker thing that sounds like my grandma's old transistor radio that used to sit on her kitchen table when I was 
you know, eight, nine or ten. And in some cases, looks like it too. It does. It That's right. The retro, <laughs> the retro. Yeah. I've always, it's always fascinated me. And when we put so much yeah. effort into digital radio, do, as, a, as a sort yes. of an engineer who, who was probably on the end of, you know, setting all that up, does it disappoint you a little bit that we haven't sort of made the most of, well, in my opinion, yeah. we, we haven't made yeah. the most of the digital domain? Yes, um, look, I, I've got a very long history with digital radio. Um, uh, I, I, I wore the dubious title eventually of the father of digital radio in Australia. Um, mm. But I, uh, I, I started travelling to, to Europe in the uh, early 80s um, or mid-80s, visiting the BBC research laboratories and in the Fraunhofer Institute in, uh, in Germany, um, both of which were working on uh, development of uh, audio compression ratios and digital radio transmission uh, as a whole. Um, and uh, I was reporting to the Minister for Communications of the day um, and through, through Austereo and uh, I guess some of my, my actions and my reporting, uh, we encouraged the, uh, the ultimate int introduction of digital radio into Australia. Um, but we had to develop, uh, because uh, Helen Coonan, who was the, uh, the Minister for Communication at the time and uh, back in the press lately, not in such a good way, um, she, uh, she only allocated a small band of frequencies to be used in Australia. So um, I, I went to, uh, to Europe to a World DAB conference uh, with people from Commercial Radio Australia and we, we uh, talked about producing a more efficient version of DAB, uh, which, uh, which came to fruition as DAB Plus, um, which uses AAC or uh, MP4 compression on the audio, which allowed us to achieve a better quality sound in a lower, lower spectrum um, um, capacity. So that... Uh, that, that was the that was the way DAB plus uh, developed. The receivers, unfortunately, because they're not manufactured in Australia, we're very much in the hands of what is being manufactured. Um, and uh, yeah, the English people uh, play a big part in receiver manufacture, and they still like the single speaker units. The good thing is, and the saving grace for them is, most of them have a headphone jack on them. And if you plug that into your stereo, uh, you get beautiful, clean, full, mm. full, full range digital sound. So you, you can use one of those little radios. I, I, uh, I do in some places around the house here. Um, feed them into a, a, a better speaker, and, and you get your full quality yeah. sound. So it's available at least via the headphone jack. Yeah. Sure. Uh, and you can buy stereo units uh, with with the two speakers, but you know they're five hundred dollar units. Mm. Up there a bit. we haven't seen it more in cars yet either. It seems to be taking its time getting in yes, there. Yes, it's moving it? slowly. There's there's a there's a, a push on at the moment to uh, to do that. There's something like forty percent of cars coming into Australia now um, uh, have manufacturer installed uh, digital radios. So it's in, improving. It started out as just the high end models of Beamers and Mercs and so on. Uh, it spread down through the range fairly well now, and we are seeing a reasonable number of uh, in-car in radios in mm. Australia. My 2015 uh, Subaru has a, a digital or HD radio function. 
Oh, right. Like, so, there. Yeah, you've, so you've got the HD, um, the, the American standard. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. And it, yeah. it you know, it, it, it seamlessly shifts between them and there's a dramatic difference in fidelity yeah. <laughs> as it goes yeah. between them. Um, and uh, yeah, it is interesting how, you know, the stations have to sync the two up. And sometimes they're not perfectly in sync. So when they switch yeah. over, they're slightly out of whack. But it's, slightly, it's fascinating. Yeah. 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 Yes, it's quite a different system, the American system, and uh, yeah, I guess we're going off in an area which may or may not be a conversation. <laughs> for time, but no, but you've got me fascinated being a radio boy. Yeah. You've got me fascinated now. We love yeah. our tangents. One one question that does get bandied around on this podcast a bit, and another imaging podcast that I work on, MP3 on FM slash digital radio. Des, your thoughts? Um, is it a for, is it a broadcast format MP3 or is that purely the domain of WAV files AAC files uh, etc. Well, it's MP4 um, for that, that's that's the, that's the transmission system. Uh, if we're if we're talking about uh, recording and, and interchange of material, definitely not. No, um, it's got to be it's got to be be WAV uh, uh, files for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. Compress uh, because the because a compressed file coming in at the beginning of the of the, the chain, if you like, yeah, it's going to go through a whole lot of processes before it before it gets to air. Um, it'll go through probably about another three or four stages of compression. So you've got to start out really clean, mm-hmm. because the artifacts you finish up with at the other end are getting intolerable. Um, let, let me explain. So the uh, the hard disk resto- uh, storage system in some stations, uh, uh, storage is cheaper now, uh, I must admit. So everyone's um, pretty much storing full bandwidth. I know we used to store compressed files on our um, music player systems in, in the early days. Hopefully no one's doing that now. Um, when you go on to the microwave link or, uh, or a radio link to transport your program to your transmitter site, be it, be it uh, AM, FM or digital, uh, it's going to be compressed to go on onto the, onto the link and it may go through another stage of compression uh, as it goes into the, into the transmitter. So, yeah, you've got to start out as clean as you can. Mm-hmm. Uh, otherwise, you, yeah, the end result is going to be disappointing for all. Yeah. Yeah. Justified. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Well, so WAV files and SM7s. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> it's the take up for today. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dear. Yeah, beautiful. Thanks, Des. Cheers, guys. Thank you again for the invitation. We've got to get yeah, you back, Des. Now I've got about another <laughs> dozen questions now. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I feel like I'm part of the family now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That was the Pro Audio Suite. If you have any questions or ideas for a show, let us know via our Facebook, the Pro Audio Suite Podcast. Yeah.